says to be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed handling accurately the word of truth. We are approved workmen regarding the word of God and we're also approved students. We're excellent students or we're seeking to be. And that's our topic for today. What makes for an approved student or an excellent student? Let me begin, as all professors do, by giving you a test. I want to test your recall. I'll read a slogan and you tell me what it represents. The low price leader every day. We do chicken better. Anybody know? Pioneer. I don't want to grow up. I want to be a... Now you're getting it. This takes a while, you know. What a difference a day makes, and the difference is you. C&R. You've got the right one, baby. No, try Diet Pepsi. Run for the border. Got it. <laughs> I know where you people go. Nobody knows like Domino's. Everything you need every time you shop. Ralph's. I guess you don't go to Ralph's, right? Just for the taste of it. I love what you do for me. <laughs> Brush your breath with. It does a body good. Amen. You deserve a break today. Fully clean. Zestfully clean. Dress for less. Ross. Double your pleasure with... The heartbeat of America. <laughs> Kiss a little longer. Say goodbye a little longer. With... You got it. Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. It's on my desk, you know. And then the last one. Be all you can be. Join the army. Isn't it amazing how many of these you know? I mean, your mind is great. It works. It remembers. But I want to be, I want to talk today about all that you can be as a student. A godly student. Some think, some of you may think, that when you stop being a, a student, you start your career. Now, you may start your career when you finish here. You may go to grad school. You may uh, have a family. You may do something else. I don't know. But Hendricks says, Howard Hendricks, as long as you live, you're going to learn. And as long as you learn, you're going to live. The day you stop learning is the day you stop living. 
Now, you may not be in a formal classroom, but you're always going to be a student because you're always going to be learning. And therefore, some formal preparation is absolutely essential for all of God's servants. We need to be formally educated, while some preparation for all of us will be tailor-made. Wearsby, in his book, Making Sense of the Ministry, has noted that there's a difference between training and education. Training prepares you to make a living. Education prepares you to make a life. Training means enablement. Education means enrichment. You can be trained to run a machine. You must be educated if you want to successfully run your life. Training usually deals with practical facts. Education deals with timeless truths and principles. The trained man has mastered methods, but the educated man understands why those methods work. Training acquaints you with the science of your calling. Education trains you for the art of your calling. Training equips you to do things that to some extent can be measured. But education produces long-range dividends that cannot be measured or evaluated right now. Now, these two facts, these two aspects of life are not contradictory. They're complementary. And the kind of job you do with the tools that you will learn will depend primarily on the kind of person that you are. What kind of person are you? And that's where your education comes in. See, training can hand you a bow and an arrow and teach you how to shoot. But only education can direct you to the right target and help you to hit it. It takes a good man or a good woman to do a good job with good tools. And one of the purposes of education here is to train you to be a good man or a good woman. My passion in life, at this point in my life, is to teach. Ever since my seminary education, I've always desired to impact young people. Whether as a pastor, which I was for 10 years, or as a teacher. But it doesn't matter whether I'm a pastor or a teacher, I am foremost a learner, like you. However, I must admit I was not always the greatest learner. My motive was not always right. My purpose for being in school was not always right. I remember going to CSUN and graduating with a bachelor's and master's in business. And I'll never forget walking out of my master's comp so across the street. And I'll never forget saying to myself, I am so fortunate I am never going to set foot in a formal degree program again. God always wins, you know. Three and a half years later, as I was preparing to move up the ladder at Lockheed, the Lord sort of moved me out of Lockheed. And one Friday, after many three and a half years of sort of preparing me, I quit and I started Talbot Seminary on the following Monday. I enrolled in seminary 
finished. And as I finished seminary, I said, I'm done. I'm through. Now I can get on with my life. And I did. For ten years, I was pastoring. And then the Lord called me up here. And the first question I asked when I, when I was uh, asked to be chairman of the Bible department, the first question I asked them, do I have to get a doctorate? And they said no, and I was graciously relieved because I said no more formal schooling. Three years ago, the Lord, as he always does, prompted me to begin a doctoral program, which I completed in April. So now I have a doctorate. I did not say I'm done. I think I'm learning my lesson. <laughs> Maybe I'll be in another formal degree program again. But in a sense, I'm always going to be in formal degree program because I'm teaching. But my education has been absolutely essential to me. And the point of this is that none of us is ever going to know when or where we're going to be in formal education. But one thing we do all know, we're always going to be students because we're always going to be learning. So my purpose today is to give you several characteristics of an approved student from God's perspective. What does God require of you as you study here? What characteristics can you learn about yourself that will make you a stronger student approved to God as a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed? Think back over your years in school. You've come out of uh, all different kinds of schooling. Think back over those years, including now. And if you can uh, think uh, to, as to the best teacher that you had in school, what made them the best? How did they motivate you? What characteristics caused them to make you want to learn? How important was their commitment to you? Why did you enjoy that particular person? and not another person? Why did you hate some classes? To me, the thought of standing before God someday and accounting for how I exercise my responsibilities as a teacher is awesome, very sobering. But just as sobering is how you and I have exercised our responsibilities as students. God holds people accountable for that which is in their control and as a student, you're responsible for doing the best job you can while you're here. So what makes an approved student? Let me just give you a few characteristics. What makes you effective in God's eyes? Number one, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, a good student, a godly student, knows that he seeks to be a good steward of what God has given him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found 
trustworthy. God is always in control. I don't have to tell you that. You, you are aware of that. God is in control of everything that we do, of who we are. And we must thank God every day for bringing us here, bringing you here to study. And you must see your role as a student under, as under the sovereign hand of God. Your responsibility as a student is to be the best steward that you can be or the best manager that you can be of what God has given you. When you're sitting in your room or in a library or some place and you have absolutely zero desire to do your work, you're sort of peering out the library windows looking at people walking by, you don't want to do your work. Maybe it's even a nice day out, maybe it's at night and you just have no desire. But you know it's got to be done for tomorrow. What motivates you to do it? Is it that you're afraid to get a bad grade? Maybe. Is it that you're afraid you won't be respected by the teacher if you don't turn it in? Is it that you just don't feel you have a choice in the matter? There are no options. Or do you work on the assignment, or do you study, or whatever you need to do, because bottom line, you want to please God. You know, in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, it says, Therefore also we have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. And that doesn't make the studying any easier, but it makes the motivation right. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing it because we have to do it, but as a good steward, we need to recognize that we are doing everything pleasing to Him. So, do you think about that? I would encourage you to do that. When you're doing your homework, when you don't feel like it, or even when you do feel like it, even though it's hard, even though it takes time, Recognize that by doing so, you're pleasing God. That's an important characteristic of being a steward. You see, a spiritual person is one who realizes that he has nothing, that everything has been given to him by God, and therefore, to worship him in the broadest sense of the word is to do the best with what he has characteristic that goes along with being a good steward is found in 1 Corinthians 4.2 and that is that he is to be found faithful. Faithful. Faithfulness is the mark of stewardship, trustworthiness. Do you faithfully fulfill what God has asked of you as a steward? Remember, He's given you everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. He's given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Are you faithful with what He's asked of you? Now let's put it in student terms. Do you go to class every day? Do you get there on time? 
Do you listen when you're in class? Do you do the work assigned and turn it in when you're supposed to? Now, a four-point GPA is not an indicator of an excellent student. It may simply be an indicator of somebody who knows how to get through the system. Maybe a B or C student is an excellent student because he's doing the best with what he's been given. And the issue is, are you doing your best as a steward? And that includes faithfulness. Not everyone is gifted the same way. Some of you can crank out learning a test in a couple of hours. Others take a couple of weeks. Some of you have a natural ability to write, and others don't. Some of you can, can do the work immediately, and others, it is hard to grasp the concept. But are you doing the best with what you've been given? That's faithfulness. One Bible dictionary defined it this way. It said that a faithful person is steadfast, dedicated, dependable, loyal, and a worthy of trust. That's a faithful person. Now, God is faithful to us all the time. One of my favorite passages, as well as I'm sure yours, is 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken us, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape that we may be able to endure it. God is faithful. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24, it says, Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. So God is faithful. There's no question about that. Do you realize that God has brought you here? for a very short time in your life to accomplish much and he desires that you be steadfast, dedicated, loyal, dependable, worthy of trust. Now in your relationships these characteristics also ought to be evident. You follow through with what you say you're going to do. You make commitments and you stick to them. What kind of person are you? Are you faithful? Are you faithful as a student? Are you faithful to your friends? This leads to a third characteristic of an excellent student. And that is that he's willing to work hard. It takes, it takes hard work to attain excellence in anything. In Proverbs, Proverbs is such a practical book. And in Proverbs 21.5, we read, uh, The plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. The plans of the diligent are good. In Proverbs 22.29, do you see a man skilled in his work? 
He will stand before kings. He'll not stand before obscure man, men. In chapter 14, verse 23, In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. A faithful steward realizes that while God has given him all things pertaining to life and godliness, as we said, and he has asked that he be faithful in carrying out his will, yet it still requires effort. You must understand that your spiritual life and your academic life really go together. I don't know if you realize that. No amount of dedication to the Lord can compensate for bad study habits or poor grades. If dedication means anything, it must mean doing our best for the Lord in everything we do. And that's not easy. Godliness is not easy. Holiness requires a lot of effort. In Romans 6.12, it says if you want to be holy, you'll put off sin. But it says, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. That's something that we must apply effort to. In 2 Timothy 3.12, it says if you desire to be godly, you will suffer persecution. Hard work includes those kinds of concepts. And such things as not procrastinating, being focused on what you need to do, knowing what you have to do and gutting it out if you have to, or spending the extra time if you have to, or saying no to something else if you have to. It's diligence. It's self-discipline. But be careful, because in your diligence, you must guard yourself against the danger of taking the blessings for granted. Because in your diligence, there will be blessing. Don't take it for granted. We will tend to get apathetic or critical if we do. Heed the words of George MacDonald, who said, Nothing is so deadening to the divine as an habitual dealing with the outside of holy things. Think about that. Nothing is so deadening to the divine as an habitual dealing with the outside of holy things. Take, for instance, your attitude toward the Bible. We use it in all of our Bible classes as the textbook. And in many other classes it is a text. But if you're not careful... Your constant use of the Bible may rob it of its special distinction that the Word of God should deserve in your life. Our hearts can get hardened with success. Hard work brings success, but don't let success go to your head. Don't take it for granted. Stay with the hard work, but don't be indifferent. Another characteristic... A steward who is faithful, who is hardworking, 
must be a man or woman of priorities, of priorities. Now, we're all men and women of priorities, some more than others, but we do have our priorities. No priority is a priority. You know what I mean? What are your priorities while you're here at Masters? Academics? Sports? Relationships? Activities? What is it? What are your priorities? Having proper sleep? Eh, I sort of doubt that. I know for most of you, sleep is not one of your options. Eating is getting better, but that's still not one of your big options either. But they all say they all need to be in perspective of uh, some kind. The thing is, you don't want to focus everything on studying and be a hermit. You don't want to focus all of your energies on activities and never do homework. If you ignore people and all you do is study, then you're going to be unbalanced. If you play all the time and never study, you're going to be unbalanced. Now, you're here for a number of reasons, but the first reason that you're here is to get an education. But God in his sovereignty has obviously brought other things into your life while you're here, too such as long-lasting relationships. Some of you will have friends here that you will keep the rest of your life. Some will even have a mate here. Now, that's not the first reason you come here, but it's a great fringe benefit. <laughs> and God knows, but that's not why you're here. You're here because you want an education. And that is your priority. But at the same time, you're here because you're developing friendships. That's a priority. You're here because maybe you're involved in, in ASB or you're involved in some different things or athletics or whatever. That is certainly a priority. But put it in perspective. And remember that you're first here as to get an education. And remember that God has allowed just enough time every day for you to get done everything he wants you to get done. There's exactly enough time in the day to do it. We just need to know what it is. I think the greatest problem for a lot of us today is that we're afraid to say no. We're asked to do things. We're asked to go somewhere or be involved in something, and it's very hard to say no. We don't want to hurt somebody. Or maybe we think we're organized enough and we can handle it, maybe. But realize why you're here. And realize that as a good steward, a faithful steward, a hard-working steward, that your priority is to do the best you can as a steward with your education. And then put all those other priorities in line, and it's all under the umbrella of the sovereignty of God. Because He is the first priority and covers everything. Now, not getting an assignment done because someone needs to talk to you or because you need to minister, 
may be the right thing to do, may not be the right thing to do. You have to pray and weigh the cost of ministry versus education versus activity versus other things. I mean, you've got to set your priorities. Maybe you're to minister and maybe you're to do homework. I remember a situation at Talbot when I was studying for a final exam. I had given myself one evening to specifically finalize my all of my preparations to study for this final exam, to go over the notes again. And I got called by somebody in, in the group that I was leading, a Bible study I was leading, that I, I needed to go with her up to Barstow because her brother was going to commit suicide. Now, I had a choice. Do I say no and study for my final? Or do I say yes and go with her and maybe not study for my final? It may have been the right thing to do, and I chose to go. And we got there and found out that, that it didn't happen and it wasn't going to happen. It worked out great. I got back about 2 in the morning. Now, I'm, I'm not a night person. My body sort of rolls up and dies at 9. I've been noted to fall asleep talking, you know. So I'm not a night person, and this is 2 o'clock in the morning, so I'm definitely not in my right mind. And so I, I didn't even bother. I said, I'm just going to get a couple hours. I'm going to try to get up early in the morning. So I got up early in the morning, and I, all I did was I, I, just, I had this exam, and I said, I'm going to study these three things. Because I know one of them has to be on, and I'm going to do the best I can with the time that I have. And that's, that's what you've got. You do the best you can with the time that you have. And God was gracious. Those three things were the only things on the exam. And so I did well. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to work that way. <laughs> and in most cases, it doesn't work that way. And I've had numbers of other cases where it hasn't worked that way. All I'm saying is you set your priorities. And maybe sometimes your priority will be, hey, I can't do that because I've got to study for this exam. I've got to get this paper done. You set your priorities. But remember, your first priority is to be the best hard-working, faithful steward that you can in your education. Because that's why you're here. There's no easy answers to knowing what to do or what not to do. It is not easy. And it's a constant battle to assess priorities. But as you pray and as you assess your priorities, I guarantee you God honors that. I'm sure there have been a number of times here where, where you have really prayed and you said, Lord, I don't know what to do. I've got this. I know I've got to do this thing, this, this ministry thing, and yet I, I've got to study for this exam or I've got to turn this paper in. And the Lord is gracious and, and, and the teacher says, we'll turn it in next week or a day later. And you thank Him for it. It's all a part of priorities. But that's a key ingredient of being an approved student. A final characteristic that I'd like to talk about, there are others, but I just li limited it to five, is that as a steward who's faithful and hardworking and has his priorities in order, you have to have a spirit of teachability and respect. Teachability and respect. Remember, 
You're a student first, and God wants you to be the best student you can be. But you must have that teachable spirit, that willingness to learn. Even in classes that you aren't too interested in, there's still things that you can learn. And God has you in those classes. It's not accidental you are where you are. Now, you may love your major. You may love certain teachers or certain instructors or whatever. But there are a lot of classes that you're going to learn a lot from, and they may not be your favorite classes. Be willing to be taught. Be willing to be submissive to your teachers and those in authority over you. An excellent student wants to learn. Now, believe it or not, faculty are people also. I just want you to know that. We are humans. We put our pants on the same way that you guys do, you know, one leg at a time. We make mistakes. We create problems for you and us. We have our joys and our sorrows. We have our good days and our bad days. And we appreciate, like you do, being appreciated. We aren't miracle workers. And while some of us, I particularly, and many others, I'm sure, are amazed that God would even have us here to teach, I mean, that's, that's a miracle in itself in this privileged position. But remember that you are under our authority in the classroom. And we want you to learn. And we want you to be respectful. Because that's part of being an approved student, an excellent student. And it is my experience that I learn faster and I learn more if I approach each class with a positive attitude toward the instructor. Now, you just need to remember, most of us are never going to remember your grades. After you've gotten a grade, a semester later or whatever it is, we're never going to remember that. But we're going to remember you. We'll remember your personableness. We'll remember your attitudes. We'll remember the relationships that we had with you. Those we will carry with us forever. We'll remember your teachability. Get to know your teachers. Statistics show that the greatest impact in college upon a student is from his teacher. That the longest lasting impact that you will have as a, as a student will come from your faculty. And most of the time that comes from your faculty outside of the formal classroom. As you're meeting them for lunch or walking with them or in their office or wherever. That's where you learn. If anything, uh, real education helps us to be more tolerant of those who differ with us. And as you become more educated, hopefully you become more tolerant. Tolerance is not compromise. It is courtesy. It is giving to the other person the same privilege of honest questions that we would like from them. Augustine said this, and I think it's a great statement. He said, in essentials, unity... In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. 
Well, to conclude, in Mark 12:30 it says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength." We're to love the Lord that way. In Romans 12:2 it says, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 1, 9 and 10 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we've not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you can walk in a manner worthy of Him to please Him in every respect, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God's to be loved with all of our mind. We're to please Him, walk worthy of Him. And it means as students that we're to be a good steward of what God has given us, our abilities, our talents, all the things that God has given us. We're to be faithful, devoted, loyal, to do the things that are to be done with the right attitude. We're to have our priorities in order. We're to be teachable. We're to be teachable. And then we're to be hardworking. Those things are to be characteristic. And I just challenge you that if those things are evident in your life, then you're an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed handling accurately the word of truth. I received a nice little gift from uh, Erica Koss when she was in Kenya this summer. She gave me a book of hymns. And one of them is very appropriate. I'd like to read it to you. Lord and Savior, true and kind, be the master of my mind. Bless and guide and strengthen still all my powers of thought and will. While I ply the scholar's task, Jesus Christ, be near, I ask. Help the memory, clear the brain, knowledge still to seek and gain. Here I train for life's swift race. Let me do it in thy grace. Here I arm me for life's fight. Let me do it in thy might. Thou hast made me mind and soul. I for thee would use the whole. Thou hast died that I might live. All my powers to thee I give. Striving, thinking, learning still, let me follow thus thy will, till my whole glad nature be trained for duty and for thee. When you pray, don't pray for easy lives, but pray to be stronger men and women as students. Don't pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. Let's stand and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to be here at this college to study the subjects that you have given us. And we ask 
that you would make us excellent, approved students, good stewards, hardworking, faithful, having our priorities in order with a teachable spirit. Lord, those are not easy, but they are certainly possible with you. And I ask that you work internally in each one of us to demonstrate that aspect of our lives. And Father, I ask that you bless each and every person here as they seek to be the student you would have them be. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.